Hello and welcome. I'm George Baldwin and I'm excited to announce our new podcast, Keeping It Real Estate. In this podcast, we will be talking in depth about the property world, interviewing local people, giving you an insight into people's property journey, current issues and what the future holds. I hope you enjoy listening. Right, so we're here with our next guest, um, which is exciting, the next podcast, so thank you. Um, uh, let's start there, where, where I want to introduce uh, us to the next guest, who is... Hi, I'm James Mathenbar, and I'm one of the solicitors here at Willans in Cheltenham. Brilliant, thank you. And um, obviously you, you work for, for Willans, but what, what do you do here at Willans? So I'm a specialist in contentious legal work, so disputes between various parties. Uh, most of that includes contentious property work, so disputes with tenants, arguments over rents, dealing with uh, tenancy disputes and recovery of possession of properties. And, and just to touch base in, in there, I know that's um, maybe going a bit off track, but, but obviously things are busy at the moment in that sort of field, are they? Yeah, so property, I mean, everyone will be aware that the residential property market is extremely busy at the moment um, due to various factors, including the stamp duty exemption. Um, the residential disputes part of it is a slightly more complicated, and people will be aware that the government, due to the coronavirus pandemic, have been putting various restrictions in place uh, in terms of landlords and disputes with their tenants. So there's been a lot of additional work that's had to go on in relation to that. Yeah, no, I think... Um it's uh, definitely had a, an encouragement factor, I think, the uh, stamp duty and, and everything that's changing. Um, but we, we uh, always have to, to, to be resilient, don't we? And, and sort of just go on with, with uh, the job, as it, as it were. And, and, you know, obviously you work for, for a very uh, respected uh, company here. Um, but how long have you been here, may I ask? So I've been with Willans since September last year, uh, and I've been in legal services since about 2015. Okay, thank you. Um, and uh, what do you do here with your colleagues and everything? Do you have a team? or? Um, so the dispute resolution team here is made up of quite a few people. We've got Paul Gordon, who's our head of department. He's been at Willans for many years, same as Nick Southwell uh, and Nick Cox, who's one of our senior partners. And then we've got uh, Katie Duthie, myself, Jess, uh, my colleague Evie, and then a variety of other people who support the team. Um, it's an area of growth, um, property litigation and litigation generally, but then one of the biggest areas at the present, as you said, is residential property. Mm. Um, my colleagues in residential property are unbelievably busy, yeah. um, but the important thing in terms of that is that we focus on the sort of client journey, which is that at the end of the day, people are proceeding at pace at the moment because of the stamp duty exemption and there's a real impact on them of not getting that over the line if they don't. So mm. one of the things I'm really pleased to say is that we have a really good client satisfaction here at Willans, um, especially in residential property, and I know that's really difficult for us to do. Yeah, yeah, I think um, absolutely. It goes back to the sort of we all need the people, don't we, to, to, to have that client relationship and, and, and the successes. Um, you know, I think uh, I think it's 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 very important. But how how do you, uh, you know, what what's a what's a normal day for for James? Let's just go back. Um, so my caseload is quite varied. Yeah. So I do a variety of different contentious work. Um, we do a mix as across the department. So we've got a variety of property lawyers. So Nick Cox, Nick Southwell, and myself. We do a huge amount of property work. And then Meg Bullingham as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also have a, a team that does other litigation, including stuff like contentious probate. So wills and trust disputes, which is an area of growth as well. Yeah. Um, day to day, it generally inv- involves a huge amount of client time. 
I mean, fundamentally, yeah. legal services is a client services industry. It's no mm-hmm. different to working in a state agency or in finance. Mm-hmm. The crux of what we do really is deliver and manage information and expectations with clients. Yeah. Um, and make sure that whatever we're doing, and that varies from court appearances to obviously various letters and correspondence, that we're doing. Have you been to a court, court hearing? Um, so post-COVID, they're slightly different. Yeah. So the vast, the vast yeah. majority of hearings are now taking place online. I've had one face-to-face hearing since the pandemic started. Um, it's interesting, actually. It's something that I think the average person dealing with disputes these days would find quite alien. And it's very difficult mm. for us as an industry because things have changed so much. Mm. But the benefit of the pandemic, one of the silver linings, is that we've allowed the court system to move effectively electronic. Yeah. Um, the impact of that is that, for example, if you've got, if you're a client and you live in Manchester, previously mm. you were paying your solicitor and your barrister for three hours drive up the motorway, yeah. overnight stays in hotels, all that sort of stuff. These days, the vast majority of hearings are undertaken online. Yeah. So you're a positive change. Yeah, yeah, it's a positive change. You're saving fees straight out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think it's encouraged people to be more flexible. The, the, okay. the nature of the COVID pandemic is that everyone's workflows in every firm has changed. Yeah. And what that's done is I think it's meant the industry as a whole, whether you're looking at residential conveyancing, commercial property, company commercial, or dispute resolution, people are having to adapt all the time. Um, and I think it's going to be a positive change. I mean, if you look at residential conveyancing, they're talking about bringing sort of various electronic signing of documents, you're talking about um, the land registry updating their processes, the whole movement of the legal services industry at the moment is to make things more efficient and more yeah. electronic which is something that as an industry we've traditionally been quite bad at <laughs> so whereas you get individual I, firms, you know put, put, you know there's a pedestal here let's just put it as winnings being probably the best in in Cheltenham let's be, be truthful here you know I want to put that across because you know I've had personal experiences and you know you obviously recommend everything but you've obviously touched base on on the, the sort of talent challenges there in, in a sense that, you know, we've obviously gone through a change in the world of, you know, maybe digitalizing everything. Is that, you, you're saying that's a benefit? You're gonna say? I, I, think, digi- yeah. I think moving digital is a huge benefit. So okay. one of the things that you look at is the sort of process of a client coming on board. So mm-hmm. traditionally, with the vast majority of law firms that involved, a client having to come into your offices, you mm. produce hard copy documents, you'd have to have various consultations with them, letters would go backwards and forwards to the post. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Willand and a variety of firms over the years have been moving to make that more electronic. Yeah. But the nature of the pandemic has forced that to happen so much quicker. Yeah, sure. So if you look at our onboarding process now, we've got a situation where we can have a client sort of come in with a new inquiry, we can take everything via email, we can confirm their ID electronically. Yeah. All of these things were a huge change at the start of the pandemic, mm-hmm. but the net outcome of them is a client's journey, whether it's for a will or a residential conveyance or a dispute, mm. is so much easier for them. And that's mm. not just us. It's it's great to say that we've, I think, adapted extremely well to the pandemic, yeah. both in terms of how our internal structures have changed and also in terms of how we deal with our clients. But also across the industry as a whole, mm. we've got a situation where it's far easier for clients to engage with us electronically. And mm. one of the things I would say is that generationally, yeah. we want to be able to click a button. Yeah. The vast majority of people want Simple to life, to someone. all that sort of... Yeah. yeah, and it's having that balance between, I think we're quite fortunate here that, again, especially looking at residential 
conveyancing. Mm. Suzanne, who heads up that department, she takes a very personal approach to quotations and bringing clients on board. She makes sure that she speaks to them. She understands the nature of their transaction. Yeah. We're not an online conveyancing powerhouse. Every single matter is dealt with by someone who understands what they're doing in relation to it. Good. But at the same time, once you've had those initial conversations, it's very easy for you as a client to engage with us electronically. So you yeah. can have as much contact or as little as you need. Yeah, okay. And that's uh, a positive again. Yeah, it's a huge, it's a huge positive thing mm. um, because I think it's shown across the industry in a whole and here that a huge number of clients actually are quite hands off in terms of calling you all the time or mm-hmm. wanting to speak to you face to face, and they're quite happy to send you an email at three o'clock in the morning that says, yeah. "Actually, where are we with X, Y, and Z?" Who are these people <laughs> emailing you at three? <laughs> many, <laughs> many people. Really? <laughs> um, I think. I think Slightly worrying. <laughs> yeah. The, the nature of whether it's buying a house sure. or dealing with a dispute is that these things do affect people. I mean, I can say, uh, as someone who's going through a conveyance myself, uh-huh. you come up with the weirdest things where you'll be sat there one night and go, oh, I haven't asked that question. Yeah. And because everyone's so accessible now via email, it's yeah. very easy to sort of fire off an email and yeah. know that it's gone. Uh-huh. And I think for peace of mind of clients, look, don't expect me to respond at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I um, don't know. But at the same time, it's, it's off their plate. They yeah. know that they've sent yeah. the email, someone will pick it up as soon as they can and they'll come back to them. Yeah, yeah. And from the client's perspective, buying a house or being in a dispute over a property is hugely stressful. Yeah, it and is, at the end of the day, coming back to what I said before, we're a customer service industry. Mm-hmm. The crux of what we do as lawyers is making the client's journey from A to B, whatever those two points are, as easy as possible. Yeah, good. And, and, and hopefully that can continue because, you know, easier life, simpler life, maybe coming into to, to a fad maybe I don't know is that the sort of way we see things just as a as a, a sort of life change that's sort of gone through the pandemic yeah I think I think people have become more familiar with doing stuff in a way that's convenient to them mm. so what I mean by that is if you look at sort of post-covid pandemic we've got more people shopping online whether yeah. it's the high street or it's your sort of grocery shop mm. and people are doing all sorts of parts of their life whether it's financial planning buying a house I mean, you've seen across the estate agency industry, so many people are now doing these virtual viewings. Yeah. They're using sort of 3D models and digital interactive floor plans. Those make a huge impact to a client. I mean, if you look at my example, so with the We actually use job, that as a selling point now. Yeah. You know, a lot of people do. So, so um, yeah, sorry to, to, to interrupt. But, but, I mean, the nature of my job is that mm-hmm. my working hours make it very difficult to go and see a property during the normal working day. Yeah. The advantage of how you particularly and others mm-hmm. in your industry have... have used the COVID um, pandemic to their advantage in terms of to progress their business yeah. is that I don't have to deal with that. I can yeah. go online, I can see an accurate floor plan, mm-hmm. I can see comprehensive photographs mm-hmm. with quite a lot of properties you can see these sort of 3D walk around models and it makes the experience much easier yeah. for someone who might be in a profession where it's very difficult for them yeah. to find time during a normal working day to go mm-hmm. into a property. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a positive change. Yeah. And continue to, to, to hopefully you know, I've always had a vision, and this is this is a vision of mine that we're going to get to maybe a stage, and this is this is way out there that we're going to be seeing like hologram sort of images of properties come maybe through like a letterbox. I'm not too sure. I'm just like this is just way out there kind of vision, um, and then the whole point of like you know going online might be coming away if that makes sense. So we'll all be doing things hologram sort of images. That's a that's a vision, you know. Don't hold me to that. It's just, it might be too far fetched to be honest, but but we'll 
we're only here to, to see. But um, yeah, I mean, thanks for sort of sharing an insight there. It's, um, it, it's fantastic. But um, uh, so what, what do you think the next six months is going to look like for, for residential lettings if you're sort of, you know, um, could give? I think it's been a really interesting sort of six months. Uh, so first, in terms of my perspective, my practice area, if we look at disputes, um, so tenants that haven't paid the rent or landlords who, who are looking to increase their rent or sort yeah. of move around their property portfolio, mm. they've been in a difficult period. Yeah. Over the last, um, sort of, I suppose coming up to 18 months, you, you haven't really been able to do much as a landlord in terms of if you've got residential properties and they've been let, you've been quite restricted about getting possession of those properties back. Mm-hmm. Um, those restrictions you've obviously seen an increase then, have you, in, in that sort of... I actually think landlords get a really bad public image. I mm-hmm. think if we look at the national press, generally mm-hmm. the way that it's portrayed is that landlords are unsympathetic, that they the first step in any dispute is for them to evict tenants and stop yep. the rent. Yep. I've worked in residential lettings from a contentious perspective for quite a long time mm-hmm. um, and I've dealt with numerous agents across the county and the wider area I've dealt with repossessions in London as well. Mm-hmm. And what I would say is the vast majority of landlords actually try and resolve stuff amicably. Yeah. So what we're expecting to see is that there will be a lot of landlords who will be entering into various arrangements with their tenants in terms of repayment of rent arrears when yeah. people have yeah. their financial situation change. But I yeah. also think there will be unfortunately some tenants who are in situations where they're in a property that isn't financially tenable for them mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and the landlords will be looking to recover, recover possession of those. Yeah. I think the outcome of that when all of those possessions come back onto the market is that we will have more housing stock in the rental market available, which I think is a good thing. I think it um, is, yeah, yeah. Because there's always a, particularly at the moment, there's a very strong demand mm-hmm. um, for rental stock. And I think there's a lot of stock tied up. Yeah. So I think for residential lettings, I think the next six months could be extremely busy. Yeah, I, I, I would also agree. And I think equally as well, you know, if, if it's, you know, we need more stock, you know, maybe we look at it from, from a point of view that most investors usually buy investment properties because the yields sort of match up so those sort of things can be more attractive to them but equally if it's you know obviously where the demand is where where first time buyers are coming into to to a lot of um uh, traffic at the moment i think uh, but the stock's not there then you know it's just unfortunate that there's not the stock levels that that used to be but that's probably because nobody's moving around do you think i don't know i think you're right i think people because of the statute exemption, people that could have moved, a lot mm. of them planned their moves to try and get them over the line by the yeah. previous deadline. Mm. Obviously, that was extended, um, which I think in terms of sales has meant there isn't as much stock as there otherwise could be. And the stock that is there seems to be moving quite quickly. Yeah. Um, the turn of that coin for investment landlords yeah. is their lower price properties, which they may be buying as investments. So at the bottom of the market, which they then plan to rent out, there's less available or they're coming on the market and going at a premium, yeah. which means there's less new stock coming on. Yeah. One of the things I think will be interesting is, as I said, that sort of when the housing stock that's currently tied up mm-hmm. gets re-released into the market, I think we're going to see quite a lot of people in the residential lettings market start moving. Mm-hmm. And I think you'd agree that over the last sort of six to 12 months, the priority has been sales. Yeah, yeah. Because of the standard. Yeah, definitely. I, there's no, there's um, no denying that. You know, it has been a buyer's market. So, so you have to, to look at that from, from you know, positives, you know, all the time in property that, that there's people buying, that's great. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just gonna be an interesting six months, isn't it? You know, there's no, there's no uh, you, you, could, you could say that, oh, what's the terminology of being interesting? It's gonna be an interesting, you know, everybody's involved in property, 
I, I believe and you know in some sort of way they've 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 been able to to either benefit from it or or, or not and, and start their careers in property so um, it yeah it's something that I'm passionate about and I think um, let's look forward to the next six months really James I think it's, it's yeah. gonna be good I think it will be extremely positive and I think that's the thing it's interesting the word to use I think mm. Post across residential sales and letting, the market to be subject to a lot of change. Yeah. Um, especially as different areas of the market are going to be encouraged to buy, are going to find it easier to buy. As stuff like the stamp duty exemption comes off, you're going to find that first time buyers are not going to be competing with quite as many people as they currently are. So yeah. It might become easier for them to get on the, market, on the ladder. Yeah. Um, I think it's a period of positive change, though. I mm-hmm. think there's a lot of talk or mumbling at the moment about people sort of being very cautious about the end of the stamp duty threshold. And I don't think that there needs to be that level of caution. I think yeah, okay. we're lucky where the property market is naturally buoyant at the moment anyway. Yeah, um, okay. And I think there are people who, because of the COVID pandemic, mm. are looking at whether it's the property they're renting or yeah. the property that they own, mm-hmm. and it maybe doesn't meet their needs now that they're working from home mm. or their mm. personal circumstances have changed. Mm. And I think regardless of the stamp duty exemption, I think that's going to continue. People are constantly going to be reevaluating. Yeah. Especially with changes to the employment market as the government support packages come off, and yeah. as people go back to work, yeah. people's yeah. income is going to change, whether that's yeah. for better or worse, it's mm-hmm. going to lead to movement in the market, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you think there are going to be some further encouraging factors from the government, i.e. another one, maybe a stamp duty? I'm not sure. Not I mean, sure. If, you, if, you look at the pro- if you look at the sort of guidance the government's been put out, I think they've been quite clear that they don't really want to extend the, the stamp duty exemption further. Mm. Um, what I think will be interesting to look out for if you look at the sort of general guidance that's coming out or the sort of literature that's coming out of the government is green initiatives. Yeah. Um, I think the res- residential property market, we're going to see hopefully more support for landlords making their property more efficient, which is in mm. the best interest of tenants. Yeah. Um, and also people who own their property, more abilities to move from sort of fossil fuel boilers to mm. air source or ground source heat pumps, yeah. for heating. All of these sort of schemes are in place. But I mean, the mm. difficulty is the government's obviously spent a huge amount of money on supporting yeah. support through the COVID-19 yeah. pandemic. Which is understandable, right? Yeah. So, you know, it, it needed to happen yeah. because we don't want it to sort of go off the off, off the cliff. But, but um you know, now now maybe we're, we're coming out of it. The support maybe or, or the funds maybe just need to be altered a little bit. I don't I don't know how you know but the government work. They seem to just print out money anyway. So, true. but I think that's, that's that's the positive of where I think yeah. it's going to happen. I don't think we're going to see relief being manually applied to the housing market. I don't sure. think we're going to see another stamp duty exemption. Yeah. I think what I'm hopeful is that we'll see support around the property market. Yeah, nice. So the industries which generate employment and growth around property, whether that's home improvements or sort of green mm. initiatives. Yeah. Um, and if you look at the previous scheme, if you look at the solar panel scheme that was run in the sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. late 2000s, yeah, yeah. that generated a huge amount of employment. Yeah, definitely. Um, and obviously the feed-in tank was then tiered down, but what it did is it generated an industry of yep. solar power, yep. residential solar power. Yep. So it'd be really interesting to see how that plays out. And you'll think with the government's published guidance, what they're trying to do with green initiatives, mm-hmm. especially in terms of residential housing stock, there's got to be something in the pipeline to support landlords and mm. property owners in making the housing more efficient. Which yeah, is definitely. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, there is talks of hydrogen. I don't know if that's the sort of the, the talk of everything that's going on, but hydrogen is the sort of next uh, sustainable fuel, isn't it, that, that's coming in into fashion. I hope that that comes in sort of quite, hopefully soon, I hope. But, but um yeah, I mean, you've definitely given a, a good insight into the next six months in your sort of opinion. Okay, end of part.
part one, some interesting thoughts there from James. Tune in for episode two shortly.